The following podcast is a Green Fresh Media production. It's actually really amazing being in bed at 1030 at night. You got all your stuff done. You had a workout. You had dinner. You're having your hot tea in bed. You took your melatonin. You're reading a good book and listening to like fall jazz. It's just, it's a vibe. I think we need to allow ourselves to process things more and be more reflective on what the heck just happened. But the key is to step forward, to do something, even if it means that the next step you make isn't going to be a life-changing one. It's not going to be this revolutionary change towards your dream job. It's just the next step that might get you closer. And that is okay. Hello. Hey. Hey guys, it's Emma with a solo episode before you make it. And let me just be totally honest. I have spent the last 10 minutes of my life trying to come up with this like text to speech way of having Siri say hello back to me. So I was on my phone, like testing out all of these different Siri voices. And I wanted to basically be like, hello. And then Siri would be like, hello. And it would be this like cute little back and forth. But Then I realized that it wasn't coming out the way that I wanted it to. And it was just very dorky. I'm sorry that I almost subjected you to that. But I hope you're having an amazing day. Hopefully everything has been going great for you whenever you're listening to this episode. If you're not having a great day, I recommend that you just treat yourself. Do something good for yourself today. I'm going to get a lot into that in this episode. But as you could tell by the title, it is all about post-grad life, which it's been very interesting to say the least. Like post-grad life for me has been something that I just didn't think was going to go this way. Like I, I don't know what I expected for myself, but it certainly wasn't this. And I'm not even complaining because I feel like I've learned so much and I'm still learning so much about myself and what I want in my life. But let's just say that the journey has been a lot different than I anticipated. So I am five months post-grad. I'm currently applying for jobs. I'm going to get a little bit more into that in a second. But this episode is really just like getting into the nitty gritty of what exactly it's been like in this process of being someone who moved back home and is currently just still trying to figure things out. I think people need to talk about it more. Like honestly, right when I graduated and I started feeling like all these emotions come up, I wanted to hear about it from other podcasters, but no one was talking about it. I was like, this is so weird because in a world where we're talking about quite literally everything under the sun, it's just ironic that we haven't talked about the one thing that everybody I feel goes through. And even if you're not post-grad and going through that like massive transition, you still go through periods of change that are wildly uncomfortable. And I feel like that can resonate with everybody. So before we get into the deep part of this episode, Let's start with Truly Obsessed because I have three things that I've been dying to share with you. So the first thing that I've been doing lately is putting cinnamon in my coffee grounds. Now, I know that not everybody is using a coffee pot. Like, I feel like that's somewhat, I don't even want to say ancient in like an offensive way, but I just feel like for a purpose of like being quick in the morning and just like making it really fast. Everyone's using Keurigs. Everyone's getting Nespresso machines. Like I'm dying to get an espresso low key but I haven't. I'm not going to, at least at this point yet. Or they'll do like at-home cold brews, get coffee from coffee shops. Like no one's really using the classic coffee pot, but I am going to bring it back. Okay. And this is how I'm going to do that. So you've probably heard of this tip before. Side note, cinnamon has a ton of antioxidants. It's super good for lowering lowering your blood sugar as I butcher that up. And it also has a lot of anti-inflammatory properties, antioxidants. I think I might've already said that. 
but it's amazing. So I've been putting that in my coffee grounds every single morning. Um, it like infuses into the brew. So once the coffee's ready, it just has this like perfect touch of cinnamon to it. And then I add my planet oat caramel oat milk creamer, and it is the most delicious concoction ever. So I highly recommend that if you're looking for something new to spice up your coffee with. And then the second thing I've been loving is another podcast. I feel like I always have podcast recs because I'm constantly looking for new ones, but I'm like very specific about my roster of podcasts. So like I want to make sure that whichever ones I'm listening to, they're actually teaching me something. I'm taking away something from it. I'm benefiting in some sort of way, which like maybe it's a little bit selfish, but I just want to make sure that I'm spending my time consuming content that actually is good for me. And this podcast is just that. And it's kind of weird because it is diary style, but the way that she just like tells her stories of different things she's gone through is beneficial to me in the sense that like I can relate to a lot of her experiences and it makes me feel more comforted by knowing that other people are being open about it. So without further ado, I'll tell you the name. It's called Note to Sell Podcast by Peyton Sartain. So she actually graduated from the same college as me and I discovered her podcast on Instagram Reels. I think there's only like 20 episodes so far, but she is just a very honest and real person. Like she really doesn't try to polish herself up. And I mean that like in the best way possible. She doesn't try to like sugarcoat any of her words or opinions. She just sort of says what she's thinking. And she talks about everything from like relationships to mental health and independence as an adult. And like all of these things that I'm just super passionate about listening to and hearing more of from other people's perspectives. So it's very like older sister advice type. And I really, really love it. So I highly recommend listening to that one if you're looking for a new podcast that just it's like, yeah, older sister, like wise advice that you need sometimes. And the last thing that I've been absolutely obsessed with, like seriously, I've been watching it every single day. It's incredible. And I don't know how I barely discovered it, but it is called Explained. It's like the Explained series by Netflix. And so they have episodes on every topic you could think of. They have one on like skin, mental health, animals, animal intelligence, time, like so many different things that you just are curious to know more about, but you didn't realize that you were curious to know more about. And so in an effort to become someone who watches more documentaries, as opposed to like the same TV shows over and over, I have been just listing a ton of documentaries and also new TV shows that I want to watch. So I started Succession, I started this Explain series, which is really good when I just need like some brain juices to start flowing, like I just want to learn things. So, so good for that. And what else have I started? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, I'm watching the morning show. That one's really, really good too. I think the season two finale is about to come out on Friday. So if you're interested in like a very high energy, high stakes show, sort of of what is the equivalent to Good Morning America, aka the morning show, that one is literally one of my top five shows. It's so good. And yeah, season one is already out on Apple TV. And then I think they're releasing like new episodes every Friday on Apple TV. So feel free to check that out. Let me know if you like it. But anyway, let's get into the actual meat of the episode because there is so much ground to cover here. Like I said, I graduated five months ago and I definitely anticipated things going really differently. I spent the last two months of college on this high. I was like so happy to be living the life that I lived. I loved everyone in my life. I loved what I was doing 
work-wise slash organization-wise, like I had an amazing routine in place. I had already become really familiar with like all of my favorite restaurants and stores and photo shoot opportunities in my college town. And it's just like when you go from being uncomfortable in a place to it becoming your second home, of course, you don't want to leave that second home. Like you, you just got used to it. You just fell in love with it. And now it's like you have to leave because you're graduating. And so it was really hard having to process that because I was in a state of disbelief. Like I couldn't even believe that I was finally graduating. I felt like I had just started college. And I spent, like I said, the last couple months just wrapping up loose ends. I was working on, you know, getting good grades in my classes and finishing up some stuff that I needed to do for my organization before leaving it. And also just like spending time with people that I knew I wouldn't see a lot after graduation. So jobs and like job hunting, I kind of pushed it off to the side, which I know some people would like cringe at that because a lot of other people were applying for jobs like in January because they wanted to start work like right after college, or maybe they just had to start work right after college. I kind of told myself that I was going to take a break. I wanted to have the summer as like my last free summer. And then in August, like I would immediately start applying to jobs and I would somehow easily get one within a few weeks. And then I would start in the fall. I don't know what I was thinking in my head. I just, I I sort of mapped it out and it made sense at the time. But then of course, when it actually came down to it, it wasn't as easy as I thought it would be. So I spent the summer working on freelance stuff and that's how I, you know, kind of maintain like my funds. And then I also like made plans for what jobs I did want to apply to in the fall, what kind of jobs I was looking for. When I sat down to actually do it though, of course, it just, it doesn't happen as seamlessly as you want it to. And I remember my first week of like real official job hunting, I got offered a position with a magazine that I would consider to be like my dream job, like really and truly, I still want to work for them, but that somehow didn't work out. Like it was presented to me in a way that I thought was for sure. Like because they had thought of specifically me for this opportunity, I was like, wow, like I have imposter syndrome about this, but also like I am going to take advantage of this. And it ended up being like three weeks after I got the initial offer. And mind you, like in those three weeks since I got the offer, I was like, okay, like this is basically like a for sure thing. Like, and it was going to be full-time freelance until December. And then in January, I would be like an official employee in New York City. And to me, I was like, this is literally my dream coming true. I don't understand how this happened. And then, like I said, three weeks later, I received an email that I actually wasn't going to be a part of the team because they were looking for a different kind of experience for this opportunity. And so that crushed me because I mean, of course, like I don't want to, I don't want to seem arrogant or presumptuous in thinking that I would get an incredible job like this one out of college. Like I have been working pretty hard for the past few years. I know a lot about magazines, but I still have so much more to learn. And I'm sort of like on two separate sides of this. Like one part of me thinks that I just don't have enough experience. And I think that's largely true. I need more writing experience. Even though I have some, I still need to do a lot more, especially in comparison to the people that already have these jobs. And I like respect that they've paid their dues. I don't ever want to undermine someone who has been working for longer than me and harder than me who has that job now and think that I can just like step into it without paying my dues. So I just want to say that. But then another part of me was like, wait, I got offered this position and I feel like I have done a lot to be able to say confidently that I can learn the ropes. Like I can be disciplined enough and have that drive in order to like 
actually succeed in this role, even if I am fresh out of college. And so when it didn't happen, I was just, it was very bittersweet. Like I didn't know how to process it. And I remember feeling just really bamboozled. Like they sort of got my hopes up only to tell me three weeks later that like I wasn't going to be a part of the team. And I mean, I think we all have to go through those periods of like rejection. Um, I think it builds character and I'm saying that because I got rejected. So maybe I wouldn't feel the same otherwise, but that was definitely a learning lesson. And I was sort of down on my luck for like a few weeks, which pity parties feel good in the moment. But when you look back, it's like, no, like you have to get back up. Like you really can't be wasting that time. It's so precious. And so I got up and I applied for another job that might've also been out of my element, but I did make it past um, like five interviews to the final one. I did an edit test, which if you are in the magazine industry, you know what an edit test is, even in like newspaper jobs, I'm pretty sure. It's like a 48 hour project where you are just completing a ton of pitches and writing and it's very, very dense, but it's basically like number one, an honor to be given an edit test. But number two, it's like one of the last steps in determining whether or not you're going to be fit for the job. And so I did an edit test for them and all these interviews and that took up like a month of my job process. And I didn't end up getting that job either. And of course, like it was all back to, oh, like lack of experience, which I mean, that is already hard to battle with because it's like, okay, well, I'm trying to get the experience. So I need the opportunity to gain that experience that you're wanting me to have. Like, it's like this hamster wheel, I feel like with so many different industries, they want to hire people with experience, but then no one's hiring people that have only mediocre or mild experience because They want people with like years of experience, but then you're not giving them the opportunity to get the experience. Like, you know what I mean? It's just really, it's really frustrating to me. And I know that I'm not the only one who's dealt with this, but that has definitely been something that I've had to come to terms with and try to create my own experience because people aren't just going to give it to you. And sometimes you're going to get lucky and, you know, you'll find someone who's willing to mentor you and give you that first opportunity and open that door for you. But a lot of other times it just doesn't come that easily. And I think I'm learning to be okay with that. I mean, right now I am still looking for other opportunities. I'm waiting to hear back from several magazines slash media websites, and I'm hoping that that works out, but definitely an interesting boat to be in, especially knowing that like a lot of other people are already months into working at their corporate jobs. And for me, I'm doing several freelance jobs and I'm applying for jobs, which I'm really lucky that I get to even be in that position and I'm not like really rushing or I don't have to rush to get a job. But personally, I feel like I need to already. And I want to genuinely like I want to move out. I want to have my own place or at least a place with roommates. Like I want to start my life in the same sense, though. It's like this is my life now. And I have to just like appreciate where I'm at. I feel like anyone in this position just has to step back for a second and be like, wait, even though I'm not in that future place that I'd like to be, this is still my life. Like this time that I'm in limbo isn't just going to be wasted time that I'm going to let pass me by. Like I have to actually live in the moment and make moves towards my future. So it's a very interesting cycle and something that you have to definitely balance when you are trying to cope with like all the emotions and processing all the changes. It's it's a lot all at once, but I want to get into the stuff that I actually learned and am still learning while being a post-grad in limbo person. So let's get into it. The first thing is that not having everything figured out doesn't mean that you are a failure or unattractive. So this really stemmed from me somehow believing that not having a cushy job to tell people that I had after college meant that I had failed, that I had failed myself, that I had failed other people, that I had 
wasted my college degree and that I was never going to succeed. And I mean, first off, that notion is completely wrong. A lot of people, for whatever reason, don't have a job right after college. Also, let me just say, like, you could be applying to 20 plus jobs a week and still not get a job because some people just aren't hiring or they don't want to hire people that are fresh out of college. Like I think post-grad students really do need to be given a little bit of grace because they might have done like one to two internships throughout their college career, went to a really great university and somehow still aren't being considered based on reasons that are really beyond their control. So I just want to say like that notion was completely false. And I've had to remind myself that my identity is not in the work that I do. And really believing that and reminding myself of that constantly has helped me change my perspective on myself. Because previously, like even on dates, I would literally just talk about the work I was doing, about the organization and about my future career goals. Like that was truly what I believed made me interesting, so to speak. And I thought that that would be like the only thing that someone wanted to hear from me about my life. But I realized that there's so much more to it. Like you have so much more to offer than just what you do in your day job. And I mean, even if you are super passionate about your work, like that's amazing. And I definitely think that you should talk about things that you have so much passion and love for. But at the same time, like you have a ton of other things that make you who you are that aren't work related. And so I think it's so important to tap into those things and really figure out like, who am I outside of the things that I produce? Something else that I've realized is that no one talks about success stories before their success stories, meaning that we hear about all of these tales and we even read it in like autobiographies and see it in documentaries about people who had failed repeatedly until they finally met success. And that's when it became this attractive story that we aspired to that motivated us that gave us hope to do that thing that we have on our hearts. But No one really talks about when someone is still continuously quote unquote failing and hasn't met that point of success where people can like fawn over them for it. And it's interesting because it's like, I understand why we as a society would gravitate towards success stories. Like they're attractive and they motivate us. And of course, like if someone can do the thing that we thought was impossible, like that is groundbreaking. Of course, we want to highlight that. But that only came from constant bouts of failure. And I feel like there's a lot to be said in being bold enough to get up every day and continue to be willing to fail. I am literally in that boat right now. I'm not saying that I haven't had any wins in my life, but I already know that it's not going to be this like instant success story. And I'm trying to open up about it, even though it's like a little bit, you know, hard to because it's like, okay, I'm so insecure about the fact that I don't have a cushy job that I can tell you I have. Like I'm literally in the midst of working towards that hopeful success, you know, like that, that point where I just feel really proud about where I am work wise, but I'm not there yet. And I think we just need to be more open about that. Because even though people deem the success and the end goal to be the really attractive part, there's so much more to it than that. And like, nobody just woke up and decided that they were going to reach for the stars and then did it in a day. Like, No, there was a ton of failure that came before that trial and error. And I feel like we just need to appreciate the fact that, you know, it's not going to be an overnight success, but that is what makes it worth it is like the work that you had to go through in that journey towards the final goal. And even in that, it's like we don't ever reach our final goal. Like we keep creating new goals for ourselves and working on different things within different aspects of our lives. But I guess I'm just more sort of talking like career wise, because I feel like telling people that you're trying to figure things out right now and that you're in the middle of applying for jobs isn't seen as attractive or as stable as saying like, oh, I have this job at like company or whatever, like Google. 
So, and no, like no offense to anyone who already has an amazing job right after college. I'm just speaking to like people who are still working on their career goals and trying to figure it out because it's a hard place to be. But that is definitely important to remember and remind yourself. Next thing is to live today, not solely in the past or the future. So this is a huge one. Um, I think it's so easy to look back at the past in rose-colored glasses. We tend to see things as better than they were. And even though your college experience might have been incredible and you might have felt like that was the peak of your life, it's not. Like, don't let the past be something that you feel like you can't ever live up to in any other phase of your life because life is made of peaks and valleys and college might have been one of those peaks, but it's not the peak. And if you believe that, then I mean, what else really is your life for? Like you can't admit to the fact that college was like the greatest time of your life because then that's sort of limiting the rest of your life and making it so that nothing ever measures up to it when really like that's not the case. Also living in the future because you're not content with the present is challenging as well. Like I have definitely been someone who is guilty of only looking towards the future as in like one day I'm going to have be super happy. One day I'm going to have this one day I'll start this project. But no, like one day isn't going to happen just out of nothing. Like I actually have to start working on it right now in this moment. And so by living in the future and living in the past simultaneously, we're forgetting what's right in front of us. And I feel like this is a very obvious concept. We forget it when we are too busy looking ahead and behind us. So in that, just like practical ways of doing this is to not deprive yourself of life's joys just because you're in this limbo. Like it's still your life. And this time period isn't just going to be an off the grid blip that's not going to matter in the future. Like this literally is your life that's happening right now as you're listening to this episode. So don't take it for granted. Like everything you have is a miracle, I swear. And I'm not trying to get preachy with this, but it's because I had to tell myself this over and over and over again. Like even though I'm not in the place that I would ideally want to be, it doesn't mean that I'm in a bad place either. Like I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be and you're exactly where you're supposed to be and you have to make the most of it for what you have. So it was weird because I kind of, in a way, like not intentionally, but was like punishing myself for not having a full-time job yet by like depriving myself of things that made me happy because I feel like I didn't deserve to enjoy things that weren't working towards getting me a job. So like hanging out with friends just for fun on a weekday, going to the movies on a weeknight, baking, um, what else? Watching movies, things that just brought me happiness. I, for some reason, kept pushing them off because I was like, no, like this isn't productive. This isn't helping me get a job. Like I don't deserve to do this, which is like really bad, honestly. Like, I don't know what I was thinking doing that. But in the past couple months, I have slowly worked in like embedding the things that make me happy back into my life and making them part of my routine. So instead of, you know, having my head down all week long, not doing anything good for myself, only working and then saving the like treat myself moments for the weekend, I decided to infuse those things into my daily routine So that way, number one, I enjoy my work are much more because even if I add like, I don't know, a fun smoothie to my afternoon while I'm working, for some reason, it just perks me up and gives me that little boost of energy. And it makes me happy. Like it can be something so small, whatever it is for you, figure it out and then start doing it in your daily life. Other things that I've been trying to do is mix up like my morning coffee. So coffee is literally something that gets me out of bed. I feel like it's kind of like that thing for everybody that just jolts you up in the morning. It literally motivates me to wake up. So I've been trying a ton of new recipes just to keep things interesting. Like I love routine, but I don't think that we necessarily have to keep it as astringent as we have been told to by different people who talk about how to create a really productive routine. I think you can have a routine 
with a little bit of flexibility. Like let's say you want to do like four things in your morning before starting your work day. Sometimes it's okay to move those things around, to do those things differently. As long as you're still getting those four core things done in the morning, it doesn't matter how you do them. It just matters that you get them done, right? So let's say I want to have a drink in the morning and I want to read a book. I can mix those two things up in whichever way I want. Let's say I want to work out in the morning. If I want to go a little bit easier, I'm not going to force myself to do a hardcore strength workout just because I ideally would do that in my morning routine. If I don't feel like it that day, I'm going to go for a walk instead. I still got my exercise. I still completed that task. I still filled out that time accordingly. It just doesn't have to always be the same thing. So I feel like allowing yourself to mix things up just makes life more enjoyable. It gives it more variety. And you definitely don't get bored because you have the freedom to just sort of lean into whatever you're feeling like doing that day. So listen to your body, listen to your mind and your heart and tune in to what they're telling you you need that day. Other things that I've been trying are like different foods, different clothing items, movies, new music. I love making playlists on Spotify just to pass the time if I have 30 minutes to kill between phone calls or something. I love making playlists. It's one of my favorite things in life. And also just like reading new books. So I don't know what it is, but I feel like a lot of people have been reading more lately. Like on my social media, I follow a ton of people that have just been like posting their books. And like, I always talk about books that I read just because it's, I don't know, it's fun for me to give little book reviews, even though I don't know if anyone cares, but I like it. It makes me happy. I like keeping track of all of my new reads and also posting them so other people can get inspo for what their next read is going to be. So I love trying out new books. I also do this little thing where I do fiction at night and then nonfiction slash like memoir self-help in the morning just because I can focus more in the morning. I feel like my mind is more alert. But when I want to wind down at night, a fiction read is where it's at. So I like switching those two in my routines and then also trying new recipes, trying out new apps. I just got the Notion app and it's really helped me become more organized. So that was just like a good example. And then recipe wise, I have been obsessed with making fall recipes, of course. So I made like a pumpkin chocolate chip bread. And see, baking is one of those things that I think in college, I would have been like, no, like baking is so trivial. Like I'm not going to do that until I have time on the weekends. Like right now I need to be like working and getting all these things done. But I will spend the day working on everything I need to get done. And then at night I cap it at like 5.30, 6 o'clock. And then I'll start doing the things that I really want to do. So baking for me, it's not like I'm just lying down on the couch doom scrolling, which sometimes I think that is good for you just to totally like zone out out. But other times you want to do something that's therapeutic, but also somewhat productive, like you're going to come out with an end result. So in my case, it's pumpkin bread, and it makes me really happy. So infuse those things into your life, like you don't need to feel guilty for doing things that you love while you're doing other work that actually moves you forward in a productive way. Like it's all about balance. And I know that that sounds really repetitive, because we always talk about balance, but really and truly like you don't have to compromise on the things that you love just because you have work to do, like you can blend them together. So that's been a huge one. And I definitely plan on implementing that into my life once I do get a full-time job. I know it's going to look different for sure, but I, I just can't imagine not having those small joys in my routine. The next thing is that the aesthetic of your happiness doesn't have to look like someone else's. So we have social media. We have multiple ways of seeing what other people are doing in their daily lives. And it's really tempting to look at the brand of the way someone lives their life. So I feel like there's multiple. There's like a New York brand. There's like an LA brand. There's even like a Europe brand. And on social media, people have a really, really good way of 
showing the best parts of their life, which we know this, it's not a new concept. Social media is a highlight reel. I feel like I don't need to say that, but I'm saying it anyway. It's really easy to sit here and be like, don't compare yourself to them. Like your life is different from theirs and your, you know, your life is beautiful in its own way. But it's really easy to forget that when we're scrolling through our feed and we're already feeling crappy about our lives or ourselves that day. And all we want is just a life that makes us happier that we think is going to make us happier because for some reason our life isn't measuring up in that moment. And we see these people on social media, these influencers who somehow every day looks perfect. Number one, it's not like we don't know the full story. But number two, just because your environment doesn't look like theirs doesn't mean it can't bring you that full capacity of happiness. Like, especially living in my parents' house, like I love my parents' house. It's super cozy and it's beautiful and I'm really grateful to be here. But it definitely doesn't look like a New York spacious apartment that I see on social media from like multiple influencers that I follow. Like it's never going to look that way. And I was trying to make it look as aesthetically pleasing as I possibly could because I thought that that was the only way that I was going to be happy with my environment. But I realized that if I took that out of the equation, if I took that comparison aspect out of it, then I could have time to actually appreciate what was in front of me, which is something different from what is deemed aesthetically pleasing on social media. But in my life and for me at this point in my life, I'm happy with it. Like I'm super appreciative of what I have. And it's something that you do have to adjust to because we've been programmed to think that there's only one way to be aesthetically pleasing, meaning there's only one way to be happy. You have to have this certain environment and you have to have these certain routines and these clothes and these friends in your life that comment on your posts that are also influencers. And I know I'm getting very specific about it, but that's just like what I've experienced. But it's not true. Like your happiness can look really different and it doesn't have to match that same look as someone else's Pinterest board, for example. So whatever you have in your life, take the comparison to people on social media out of the equation completely. And I guarantee you, you will have more energy to actually acknowledge what's in front of you and see it for what it is. And I feel like that alone will give you more happiness in your own life. The next thing is that in a split second, your life is going to completely change. You are going to get that job eventually. You are going to uproot and it's going to happen literally overnight. It's sort of like when you meet someone that is eventually going to be like your life partner. It's like one day you were single and the next day you're not. And obviously, you know, sometimes it takes like a month to officially like, you know, define the relationship or even longer. But you get what I'm saying. Like one day you're single and one day you're not. And when you're in that relationship and you know it's forever, it's like, wait, I kind of forgot when I was single. And I feel like I spent so much of the time when I was single wanting to be in a relationship that I forgot to appreciate everything about being single. I now want to be single, kind of. So it's interesting because it goes along with like exactly what we're experiencing now in this post-grad period. Like we might be jobless. We might be in a job that we don't necessarily love. And it's hard to appreciate something when we feel like the grass is greener on the other side. But once that change happens, it happens so instantly that you just have to move forward. Like you don't have time to process the massive changes that are happening. And then later on, you find yourself kind of confused because you're like, wait, did I actually just like go from one place to another within a matter of weeks? And like my life is radically different and I didn't have time to process any of it. Like this is so wild to me. So be appreciative of where you are in that moment. I know I keep saying this over and over again, but have you ever just found yourself in a moment of realization where you're just nostalgic for the past and 
it's because you knew that in that moment, you didn't really appreciate it fully. You were only looking forward. Like that's what I want to encourage people to not do because it, it's kind of painful. Like you don't want to have to look at the past as something that you didn't appreciate fully when it was happening. So wherever you are right now, take advantage of it fully. If you are living with your family, I know it's so easy to think that there's like a surplus of memories that you have with them. But in the grand scheme of things, time with your family and time with your loved ones is never enough. And it's, it's like one of those things that of course, you get annoyed by your family sometimes annoyed by your siblings. I mean, currently, like my siblings are not here. It's just me and my mom and dad and my dog. But I definitely have those moments of annoyance. And that's like totally understandable. It's just how it is with family. But I've tried to be more and more aware and cautious of the fact that, you know, my parents aren't going to be around forever. And while it's a sad sentiment, it's like I can actually give it a positive twist. And instead of being, you know, easily annoyed or irritated or wishing that I was somewhere else all the time, I'm going to take advantage of this time to be with them. Because when I left for college, for example, I didn't have my parents at all. Like I didn't live with them for years. And I forgot what it was like to be around them constantly. And while it's been a little bit of a, a culture shock in a way, because coming back home, I'm like, wait, this is kind of feels like childhood all over again. I'm learning to appreciate it. And while I love my independence and value that, I know that I won't live with them forever. And so I'm I'm taking advantage of the time I have now. And I encourage you to do so as well. Like bake with your mom if you can, help your dad barbecue, hang out with your parents as a unit, watch a movie together. Like it really is precious time and I I wouldn't trade it for anything. Like I know I'm going to eventually move out and move on, but this time is just it really is irreplaceable. So I'm going to spend time with them while I can. The next thing is that you can't allow the expectations of others to affect your decision. So this is kind of weird because sometimes I don't know if it's me assuming that people have expectations of me or if people actually do have expectations of me. Like at my grad party, for instance, you know, everyone's asking, what are you doing after this? Like, what's your summer looking like? And, you know, of course it's attractive, like I said before, to say that I have a job and, and to continue to step into the expectations that they assumed I would already be living out. So for example, like everyone in my circle knows that I want to work for a magazine. And in a way, it's like, okay, it keeps me accountable. And like, that is true. But also like, I can't put myself in a box and only do that just because other people think that that's what I'm going to do. I had a friend who she spent her whole life working towards becoming a lawyer. That is a little dramatic. She didn't spend like her elementary years and middle school years wanting to become a lawyer. But in college, she was in different clubs that were for like pre-law students. And she interned at a law firm. And when she graduated, she realized that that's not what she wanted to do. But her whole life, people had expected that of her because she had said it early on. And maybe people had, you know, put that expectation on her because Sometimes people do that to me too. Like, oh, like you love to argue, like you should become a lawyer. You love to read and write, like law would be perfect for you. Which I think is really funny because that's not actually what you do as a lawyer. Like it's part of it, but definitely not in the way that people make it out to be. Like you definitely should not go to law school if you like to argue or read and write because it's not the same thing. But the idea of like putting ourselves in that box to match what other people have thought we were going to do our whole lives just isn't actually worth it. And it's also something that it's different for every situation because some people are obligated or they feel obligated to do certain things, to follow certain career paths, to 
take over the family business. And it's, it's very hard. Some people just don't have that control that other people do. And I can't sit here and say like, you know, go on your own path and forge your own way because not everyone has the luxury to do that. In the case that you do, I think it's so important to separate what other people have told you you should do and what they think that you would be good at. And then also what you would want to do and what actually brings you fulfillment, even if it means that you're doing multiple things. So a lot of people in my family don't understand the whole idea of like podcasting, which I mean, this isn't my full time gig, but it's something that I'm really passionate about. And I've had to sort of like find contentment in just knowing that like I'm happy with it and I don't need to explain it to death to someone that doesn't already kind of get it. And also like, even though I am expected to do certain things based on what people have told me I would be really good at. I'm not going to label myself as only that thing. Like I'm going to allow myself the freedom to explore other passions of mine. Like wildest dream ever. I would love to work for Pixar in some capacity as like a screenwriter. Maybe I have always wanted to do something like that. And who knows, like who knows if that passion is going to change or maybe I won't even want to be in the magazine industry anymore. Maybe it won't happen. Maybe it will. Maybe if it does happen, I find out I don't like it. Maybe if it does happen, I find out I'm obsessed with it. And I just want to be editor in chief of a major magazine when I grow up. I don't know. But giving myself the grace to change my mind as I go along is really everything. Like that's what you need to do for yourself. And of course, like it's really, really easy to label your LinkedIn, you know, one thing and only stick to that thing. And if you stray from it, that means that you might have failed or that means that, you know, you were a quitter and you couldn't stick to one thing long enough by the opinions of other people. But that's what life is honestly like life is allowing yourself to try something new and realize you don't like it pick something that you never thought you'd be interested in and find out that it's your greatest passion like I feel like that is part of the beauty of life and I'm just not gonna like label myself anymore or put myself in a box based on the expectations of other people because it's just not worth it like also nobody's sitting there thinking every day like she actually didn't do what I thought she was gonna do or she didn't follow the path that she said she was gonna follow in high school Like, no, I'm my own person and you are your own person and you deserve the freedom to figure out what that exactly means. Even if it means leaning into your multifacetedness and doing a lot of different things and not just sticking to your day job. The next thing is taking care of yourself is vital. It's being sharp in your work. So just creating a regular routine that makes you feel productive and healthy. Number one is making your bed. I swear making your bed in the morning is really everything. It gets you up. It encourages you not to get back in. It just makes you feel really good right at the beginning of the day. Having a regular and high quality sleep schedule. This has really changed the game for me because in college, I was going to sleep at 4 a.m. I was waking up at 1030, maybe sometimes a little earlier, but that like my routine was crazy and I felt good about it because I was still getting everything done, but I knew that I could have done better. I knew that I could feel even more energized and happier with my routine if I just got up earlier and went to bed earlier. And so I highly recommend getting on a sleep schedule that works for you. I know everybody works different hours, but I swear being on a normal sleep schedule. So right now I've been going to bed at like 1130. Actually, no, I'm in my bed at like 1030. And I will say, My routine right now, my lifestyle is not like it was in college and that's obvious. So I'm not going out and socializing as much as I was in college just because of like the way my life is right now. And I feel like there's no one really in my hometown that I would go out with. Like I have a few friends, but a lot of them did move away. So that's another thing, but we're fine. Like it's good. 
Um, it's temporary. Needless to say, I'm not going out or staying out late most nights like I was in college. And so I have been allowing myself to embrace the grandma vibes. Like I, it's actually really amazing being in bed at 1030 at night, you got all your stuff done, you had a workout, you had dinner, you're having your hot tea in bed, you took your melatonin, you're reading a good book and listening to like fall jazz. It's just it's a vibe. So embrace the grandma vibes. Okay, if you can be in bed early, do it. I get in bed at like 1030 at night. And then I'll read for about an hour or two or I'll watch a movie. Or maybe I will scroll through my phone, but I try not to. But I just do something that relaxes me. And then I feel really energized in the morning and my body naturally wakes me up early. So I've been honestly getting more done throughout my days because of my sleep schedule. So try to implement that into your life because it really is powerful. Less doom scrolling for sure. I think that doom scrolling is the bane of my existence. And I end up doing it a lot when I'm procrastinating something I really need to do. So less doom scrolling, if it means putting time limits on your apps or even deleting it. Like I literally deleted TikTok today because I couldn't handle my doom scrolling anymore. Do it, like do what you need to do for your mental health and to stop draining yourself of time and energy by doom scrolling through useless content. Like if I'm on social media, I am gonna spend more time creating content and saving content that inspires me rather than doom scrolling and comparing my life to someone else's because that's just not a good use of my time. It's not a good use of anyone's time. So try to monitor yourself while you're using the apps. Next thing is to eat foods that make you feel good, exercise. And personally for me, like I love writing and reading because it helps me sort out my thoughts and feelings. So those three things I feel like are just so important. Eating foods that make you feel good will obviously give you more energy throughout the day. It'll make you feel sharper and more on your feet. Exercise, of course, is always a good way to relieve stress. Even if you're not working out to get more fit or you're not working out with like a specific goal in mind, doing it just to clear your head and get those endorphins flowing is like literally the only reason why I do it. It just makes me feel healthy and I feel happier when I'm exercising regularly. So definitely try to do that, even if it means going for a walk in your neighborhood, walking your dog. Um, what else is there? I don't know. Sometimes I take laps around my house. Like, you know, I'll literally be listening to a podcast and just walk in circles around my house because I don't have time to exercise that day. So definitely make sure you start doing that if you're not already. It just keeps you sharper. And if you're applying for jobs constantly every day, you know how it gets exhausting because you're filling out the same stuff over and over and you just need that extra boost. So exercise will definitely help you with that. And the last thing is just because you refuse to take daily trips down memory lane doesn't mean that that time isn't a part of you. I had it ingrained in my brain that if I didn't acknowledge all of the good times that I had, all of the friendships and the memories and the routines that I had in place, that they didn't matter anymore and that they were going to drift into oblivion. And it was going to be as if I never lived that life that I was so appreciative of living. But that's so not true. Like, I'm going to make new memories. Yes, I'm going to make new friends. I'm going to do more work that I haven't done before that I never thought I would do before. And that's okay. Like that is part of life. That's part of becoming a better person and growing and all of those things that made you who you are are important. But it doesn't mean you have to constantly go over them again and again in your head just to keep the memory alive. Like it's futile to do that. And it doesn't give you anything now. Like it might have given you something in the past because that was your present. But now that you're in the present, your past no longer serves you. If anything, like maybe there are some lessons you can take from it. Maybe there's inspiration from the type of friendships that you had and the type of mindset that you had at that time. You can sort of take lessons from the past. 
but you can't try to replicate it because there is no replicating it. It already happened. It is what it is. And now you get the chance to create new memories for yourself and a new present which will eventually become a new past. So there's a lot in this. And like I said, if you're not post-grad, I really feel like it can still resonate with you because it has to do with just going through massive periods of change. And I think we need to allow ourselves to process things more and be more reflective on what the heck just happened. Because when you think about it, like we went through years of college and we're kind of thrust into the adult world where it feels like there's so much limitlessness, like we can do just about anything. But in there being a ton of unknown, it's almost paralyzing to have to make a decision. But the key is to step forward, to do something, even if it means that the next step you make isn't going to be a life-changing one. It's not going to be this revolutionary change towards your dream job. It's just the next step that might get you closer. And that is okay. I feel like having all of these decisions to make is obviously so intimidating, but it really is that way because in our heads, we overthink it and we over-anticipate rather than just living in the moment and actually doing the day-to-day things that are going to get us closer to where we want to be. And so that is a wrap with this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed. I hope you took something from it. Please DM me if you want to talk more about post-grad life. If you have any questions, I would love to answer them. And I would love to talk about this further because it really is a topic that I am so passionate about. And I want to hear from other people, like what your experience has been, what your story is, where you are now, if you just graduated in May, if you have plans for after graduation, if you're graduating in December, like I want to hear from you guys. So follow us on Instagram at Before We Make It. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Leave a graduation cap emoji under the post that is announcing today's episode. And like I said, feel free to message me for whatever reason. Love to talk about this more with you guys, but I hope you have an amazing rest of your day. Thank you so much for listening and I'll talk to you next time. Bye.